You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after what was just a Monday loss to the Oakland Athletics. Wasn't sure that was going to be a phrase that I was going to be talking about, but it almost feels secondary to what happened for the Atlanta Braves, and in particular for Michael Soroka on this day as he took the mound for the first time in two years, 10 months, and 26 days if you're counting at home, and he was able to toss six innings for the Braves in his comeback appearance. So that obviously going to be a big storyline. A 7-2 loss, we'll go through all the particulars of that, and we'll get you set up for Game 2 of the series, which happens on Tuesday with Bryce Elder on the mound. Uh, once again, want to remind you to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube and make sure you click the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. And even if you didn't like the outcome of this game, if you like watching Michael Soroka pitch, go ahead, hit that like button, let us know that. And uh, we appreciate your comments and feedback and all that good stuff. And if you like the show, uh, please be sure to tell a friend that helps the show grow and make sure to subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake's got a lot of great stuff coming for you all season long. And one of the things, Jake, I'm sure you've talked about a lot because I know I sure have on all of my shows and we've talked about it together is the return of Michael Soroka. That's the headline from this day. You have to feel good that his perseverance finally paid off in his return to the major leagues nearly three years since he made his last start for Atlanta. Yeah, it's, it's honestly just incredible. And, you know, I told myself coming in not to worry about the results of this game. You never want to lose to the worst team in baseball, but just to focus on what Michael Soroka has overcome to get to this moment. And then I thought the results for him were great, and we'll get into the, the box score and all of that, but it just getting back out there on the mound and being able to pitch at a major league level again for Soroka is just a huge accomplishment. I haven't been this excited to watch a game in a long time. Yeah, and even a game that ends in the manner in which this one did, the score almost felt a little bit secondary, at least. I know there's going to be some disappointment. I know there's going to be some people in the comments that aren't thrilled about losing 7-2 to to a team that came in on an 11-game losing streak and hasn't been able to figure out a way to win at a rate in which you would expect a Major League Baseball club to do. But I also think that the Michael Soroka comeback story is something that could benefit and should benefit the Braves for quite a while to come. But this was the first and most important step for him to get back out there on the mound. We'll talk all about that. Let's jump into the box score of this game. Get that out of the way. 54th game of the year for the Braves, who are 32-22, and 22, 10 games over 500, but just two runs, six hits, an error, six men left to board against Oakland. The Athletics 11-45 and 45 now. That's not a typo. Seven runs, eight hits, no errors, seven men left on base. Lucas Ersig, we'll talk a little bit about him. Uh, he looked dynamic out of the bullpen mm. for Oakland. He really, I thought, flipped that game around and helped the A's to really hold the Braves right where they were. As it was a one nothing Braves lead for much of this game. Ersig with three perfect innings. He grabs his first major league win. Uh, he is now 1-0. and Michael Soroka does take the loss, drops to 0-1. No save in the game that lasted two hours, 31 minutes, and a crowd of 8,556 paid for the opportunity to see it. You know when Michael Soroka pitches at Truist Park, there'll be a much bigger crowd, maybe a much bigger atmosphere, and I know at some point he's going to want to put all this comeback talk behind him, but Jake, as I watched him pitch out there, six innings, four runs on five hits, a couple of walks, a couple of hit batsmen as well, three strikeouts, and the one changeup that I think he wanted back uh, to Ryan Noda, who hit a three-run homer that highlighted a very quick four-run inning for the Athletics in the fifth. Overall, I want to put that inning kind of to the side. I felt like this looked a lot like the Michael Soroka we were accustomed to. 
the stuff was there, and I think the refinement is going to come with the repetition and once again facing big league hitters. That is a huge challenge. This is not minor league rehab assignments. This is not a few starts in AAA to get yourself ready for the big leagues, even a team against like the Oakland Athletics, and they're not all going to be this way. You wanted to see Michael Soroka get this experience and cover these innings, and I think he did that. Yeah, this was a highly encouraging outing to me. I know a lot of people are going to look at the the line score, see that he gave up four earned against the A's, and I get that. But just watching the game and seeing the stuff, it looked like Michael Soroka. I mean, the sinker was diving into righties. That slider, he was able to run it away from righties. That changeup, other than the one to Noda, was mm-hmm. really getting lefties. So, I mean, he had everything working, in my opinion. I thought the stuff, just looking at the pure stuff, looked really good in this game and that to me is just highly encouraging for him going forward now he did have the fifth inning where things just kind of got away from him for a minute he hit Langoliers on an 0-2 pitch you know that obviously hurts he left a sinker up to the next batter and they were able to drive it in the outfield and then Ruiz hits one through the left side and then as we mentioned that changeup supposed to be off the plate away left it kind of middle down and Noda, big strong guy, was able to muscle it out to right field, and that was really the big blow. But I mean, outside of that, it was it was Michael Soroka. I mean, this was honestly even better than maybe what I thought we might get from him. I mean, that's how encouraged I was by just the pure stuff that I saw from him on this night. And as you said, I think he'll get more comfortable. I think stuff will get even better. So. Again, for the comeback, again, probably not the results that he wanted, but I thought overall it looked great, and I was highly encouraged from what I saw from him. Yeah, he was mixing all of those pitches. You could tell that you know he had obviously done some work this year to have all of those things working for him for the most part, and I think they were. He was off back-to-back, I think, encouraging outings at the very least in Gwinnett, including the six innings of one-run ball his last time out where he did get up to 96 pitches. And when I asked Brian Snitker, what do you need to see from Michael Soroka before a move like this to bring him back to Atlanta happens? He's like, well, he's got to be able to cover innings for us, and he's got to be able to get to that 100-pitch mark. Now, he didn't throw 100 pitches in this game, but he covered the six innings, which I think was kind of the checkpoint for the Braves in this one. They wanted to get him through six if possible. He did it on 83 pitches. I know that fifth inning, and I hate to keep throwing in, but except for that, you know, outside of that, I know you can't take it all away. It all goes into the same cake, and we baked up the whole thing, and what it amounted to was a 7-2 loss to the A's, and there were a couple of pitches that I know he would like to have back, but it's hard not to be encouraged by, as you mentioned, Jake, the stuff, the the trust, I think, in the entire arsenal. I saw that fastball creep into the mid-90s a couple of times. I know he throws the sinker a lot, but, you know, it just looked like he had the things working that he needed to. Eddie Rosario kind of bailed him out early with a great home run saving catch. I felt like that was a nice little shot in the arm of momentum if you needed that to know that the guys are back there hopefully making plays for you. And then I thought that Sean Murphy had a well-timed mound visit a little bit early in the start as well. The first time that Soroka started to get in just a little bit of trouble and he was able to induce a big ground ball double play to escape a bases loaded jam. Those are the kind of tests and the kind of things that you just wanted to see. It's not going to be perfect games every time for him. There are going to be some challenges, and I felt like every time one came up, he was able to answer it. And you might say, well, how does he answer the four-run fifth inning? Well, by going back out in the sixth inning and putting another zero on the board. I know that hearing Michael talk about it after the game, that was important to him. It's a point of pride to be able to cover the innings. He said, I'd like to have that change up back, but I just don't think, Jake, it takes away from the overall importance and I think the positives that you can take out of this start. No, I I think far more positives for me than negatives in this one. As I said, he kind of lost command at time. 
guy hasn't pitched on a major league mound in over two and a half years. You got to expect that. Obviously, emotions play into this as well. It looked to me like he was possibly tearing up there in that first inning, uh, especially after that first strikeout that he got. So, you know, the emotions were there. It's hard not to be, but still. Average exit velocity against him tonight, 82.2 miles per hour. He did not get hit very hard. Not a lot of hard contact against him. You mentioned the velocity, that four-seam type topped out at 96 miles per hour, the sinker at 94. I mean, the velocity was there. Again, the stuff for me was there, all encouraging signs for Soroka, and I can't wait to see him pitch again. Yeah, and I think that you just you carry this experience as he has in his starts in the minor leagues a year ago, as he has in his minor league starts thus far this year to be one more step along this journey. But this one, stepping from minor league baseball back to major league baseball and getting back out there on that mound, I don't know if it's you know irony or just pure coincidence, but the last time Michael Soroka pitched for the Atlanta Braves on August the 3rd, 2020, they lost by a 7-2 score. He comes back to pitch for the Atlanta Braves in 2023. They lose by a 7-2 score, but I do think there'll be some different scores and there'll be more wins and losses for the Braves, I think, on most nights that Michael Soroka has taken the ball. We're going to talk a little bit about the Braves offense, some things that didn't go so well for the Braves bullpen later in this game as well. But I have to let you know that this episode of the Braves postcast is brought to you by FanDuel. And right now you can make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs and new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Best part about FanDuel, of course, the great promotions, safe and secure app, and you get paid instantly. There's no better place to place all of your bets throughout the playoffs than than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get that no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, as far as the offensive side of things, Jake, I, I know that there's a lot to talk about this throughout the broadcast. I listen to some on TV. I listen to some on radio as well. Everybody knows that the Braves were on Sunday Night Baseball, and they got to the park, or to the city of Oakland, I should say, late, and they got to the park and had to feel a little bit maybe jet lag, maybe just a little bit lethargic in general. Uh, two runs on six hits against an Oakland club that has been you know, bandied about quite a bit as far as that pitching staff is concerned, but they did have I felt like in this game, Paul Blackburn, their all-star a year ago, may not be saying much to be the Oakland A's all-star, but I'm going to give him some credit for it. He looked pretty good over his four innings. He was able to kind of get out of some trouble after giving up a run in the first. But to me, it was Lucas Urseg who came in and was the guy who kind of flipped the script and gave Oakland some really important innings to bridge things to the latter part of the game. This is a converted infielder, former Brewers prospect that they picked up, I believe, a year or two ago. Three perfect frames, four punch-outs for him. He just looked... Extremely good, and that uh, unfortunately for the Braves, with that guy pumping high 90s heat and, and missing enough bats, was able to keep Atlanta off the board after Oakland was able to stage that fifth inning rally we talked about. Yeah, I mean, you, you still kind of fed, felt like the Braves' bats were going to come back in this one at some point, especially even when the game was 4-2. You just felt like, or 4-1, you th- felt like they were going to come back. But then Ersic, as you mentioned, came down, came in and just shut things down for three innings, and the yeah. Braves got absolutely nothing. I mean, and uh, then just really, you know, killed a lot of momentum there. And then obviously the A's pulled away late. But yeah, it's tough. You travel from one side of the coast to the other after a night game. I mean, there is that excuse built in, but mm-hmm. you got to come out and get something done as well. And it just wasn't a great performance offensively. Only six hard hit balls on the night for the Braves, two of them coming in the last inning. Uh, you're not going to see too many nights where the Braves don't have more hard hit balls than that. So uh, just not a great offensive night for them overall uh but hopefully you know that changes tomorrow 
Yeah, not a lot of highlights for the Braves offensively speaking. They did jump on the board early as they were able to score a first-inning run. Matt Olson was the man who came across the plate in that one. Sean Murphy, his old Oakland A's teammate, helping him out with that whole deal. Uh, Olson in this one, one for three, a home run in the eighth inning, another one for him, his third in the last two days, his 17th on the year, and he had five home runs in the homestand. So over the last, what, 10, now 11 games, he's got half a dozen home runs. And this was after running through the first 16 or so games of May, hitting under 200 with just three home runs and five runs knocked in. So Olsen's starting to heat up. I don't know if being familiar with the Coliseum helped out at all or just maybe the adjustments he's been making, the perspective that he's been keeping as there are the highs and lows throughout the course of the season. It came right after Ron Lacuna Jr. hit, I believe, the hardest ball of the game, 115.9 miles an hour. Yeah, that'll work uh, if you can find it, if you can hit it away from a fielder, unfortunately, right at the left fielder. And I also saw Michael Harris, the second, a line out to right field early in the game, hardest hit ball of his career, but it was a line out. So it, maybe it's just kind of one of those days where when he did hit the ball hard, it was an out, but by and large, the Braves weren't hitting the ball hard enough to be able to uh, get the runs they needed to get back into this game. And then Lucas Litke came in in the eighth, was charged with three runs there as the game kind of got out of hand. It was a 4-2 ball game until that point. So yeah, things kind of got away from the Braves and from the bullpen a little bit late in terms of Litke. But overall, I think we just have to keep coming back and saying, all right, you wanted to see Michael Soroka pitch in a big league baseball game. We have now seen that. Now we want to count down to the next time he's going to do it. And before that, you want to see the Braves get off the schneid, grab a win on this road trip, and go about the business of winning this series in Oakland before they head on over to Arizona. Uh, So let's talk about it. Game two of the series is on Tuesday evening. It's going to be right-hander Bryce Elder. 3-0 3-0 with a 2.01 ERA, one of the best in all of baseball. Left-hander J.P. Sears, he's winless with a 470. Uh, he was picked up in a trade with the New York Yankees uh, as the Athletics were unloading a lot of pieces over the last couple of years. Uh, so he is going to be on the mound for the Oakland Athletics. Elder looking to stay perfect. Braves needing to win and certainly needing to take this series from the now 11-45 and 45 Oakland Athletics. Yeah, got to win this series. This will be a really tough one to lose, even with the travel and getting over here. You got to find a way to win this series. Hopefully the bats can come out swinging. Like I said, put up a bunch of runs. Elder's been great all year. Going to need him to be great again. I'm interested to see how having Soroka and Elder back-to-back might affect things because they're both very similar pitchers. So I don't know if that hurts Elder following up Soroka or not. Uh, We'll find out. But either way, I got to see the offense come out and have some better bats, put some runs on the board. Sears has been really good in the month of May. So got to watch out for that as well. But certainly I'm looking for that offense to come out swinging and do a much better job than they did on Monday. Yeah, you'd definitely like to see that. As far as streaks were concerned, the Athletics snapped their 11-game losing streak by picking up this win over the Braves. And I sold a one Brave short of a hitting highlight today. Austin Riley, a couple of hits. He's got a 12-game hitting streak. like to make it 13 in support of Bryce Elder, who goes for Atlanta on Tuesday, 9.40 p.m. Eastern time, is that first pitch from the Oakland Coliseum. That'll wrap things up here on the Braves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. As always, we appreciate you riding along with us after each game, win or lose. If we can bring you a show, we appreciate you watching it, telling a friend, hitting that like button, and of course, being subscribed right here on YouTube to Locked On Sports Atlanta and to Locked On Braves, wherever you get your podcast. He's Jake Mastriani. I'm Grant McCauley. Once again, your final score, 7-2, to the A's over the Braves. But the story of the day, Michael Soroka, back in the big leagues for the first time in nearly three years with six innings for Atlanta. And we look forward to his next start, and we look forward to our next broadcast. And until next time, so long. 
Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 